You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. It is a midweek special for you this time round, mainly due to the fact that I've been off getting married and on my honeymoon. Uh, but such is the dedication that we have on here. We're not going to miss a week. We haven't missed a week all season. And why would we start now? Uh, joining me to chat rugby over the next 20, 25 minutes or so is regular co-host. It's Dan Killick. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, very good, Jed. Very good. Good wedding. Very good, mate. Very good. Uh, you experienced well, it. I was there. You, exactly, yeah. I was going to say, you experienced it firsthand. Hopefully, you enjoyed I, it as much as I do. I did, yeah. Great, great day. The um, good photo with you with your scarf. Not scarf, scarf. Tie, uh, tie, tie around the head. As, yeah, as all good weddings should end, whether it's mine yeah. or not. I think a tie should be around the head, playing air guitar. Otherwise, it's not a real wedding, is it? It was starting to bounce, yeah, around the sort of half eight, you know, half eight... Uh, I'll fake time start there. Yeah, we, we happy, were, we were happy times. Out, we were kicked out at midnight with uh, with everyone on the dance floor chanting one more song. So uh, I, I think that hopefully that's uh, that um, that means everyone had a good time. I reckon. Absolutely, absolutely. And it has taken me a while, but I have I, somehow I managed to avoid the Scarlet's result all week and watched it last night. And so I'm actually up to speed with uh, I'm up to speed with rugby, having had a bit of a social media detox for a while, which. Um, yeah, it felt quite strange actually. Normally, you know, we're checking Twitter and Facebook and strange but fresh. Strange but fresh, yeah. So um, back into it, back into it right now. So this uh, this episode, obviously, we're going to be doing a little bit of looking back at that fantastic win for the Scarlets away at Glasgow, but mainly looking forward to that big game that they've got coming up uh, coming up this weekend. Another Pro 14 final for them. Let's just start with that performance. So Dan, how impressed were you with the Scarlets last week? Hugely impressed. It was a uh... A big performance, wasn't it, from the Scarlets? I had a feeling they had it in them. Um, you did. You, called, you called this weeks ago. You said you could only see one winner. Yeah, yeah, and they did. They didn't disappoint, did they? And uh, not an easy place to go. Um, 
you know, they're a side, aren't they? They like to throw the ball around as well. But the the Scarlets, you know, after half time, it was pretty much over, wasn't it? It was a, a superb performance. Really impressive. What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought when they play like that, they're they're absolutely irresistible, the Scarlets. And, and, you know, they really just, they were really physical up front. They were very direct to start with. And I think that gave them good yards. And they just took their chances. They took them so well. And, you know, there was there were so many good performances in there. But Priestland showed exactly what a danger he is at 10. And he really orchestrated that game. You know, I, we've discussed a few times where... Actually. Sorry, who did I say? Priestland? Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. I, mate, I've been uh, I've been away Still from in the holiday game. Mode. I've been away from the game too long. I was just thinking how well those first two minutes had gone, and then I'd go and drop a clanger like that. Uh, that was like yeah. something uh, Neil Murph would have done. I was going to say it's like yeah, it's like I've been inhabited by the ghost of the mighty Murph, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Rich Patchell showed exactly what a what a threat he is. You know that siege gun boot and uh, and taking his opportunity. Um, you know, the, yeah, he just, looked happy, didn't he? He did, just, he back, just backing himself really to go and score that try. And then, you know, you had Gareth Davis popping up um, in try-scoring positions, as he as he often does. And, yeah, you're quite right, they blew him away. You can't stop um, Gareth, can you, when he's one-on-one? He, he does every single time when he's in that position. He'll, 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 round, he'll round the man or, yeah, or wrong-foot them. Exactly. I think, you know... I, Personally, I it's don't just think, the game management. I don't it? think he's the most complete scrum half, but what you cannot argue with is he is an out, an out attacking threat and he will score you plenty of tries in a season. So, you know, he showed uh, he showed his very best points in in that first half, and you know, really there was no there was a little bit of resurgence from Glasgow, but I never you know once there were three tries to the good, there was only ever going to be one winner for me. Yeah, they 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 killed themselves, didn't they, Glasgow as well. I mean, Stupid yeah. errors, high penalty counts, daft errors as well, and uh, they looked a bit shell shocked. Yeah, uh, Dave in the stands didn't look too happy, did he? I mean, he's never jumping for joy, is he? But um, well, I'm sure is, he, was, he yeah. had a fair bit to say in the in the change room after that one. Well, this is what I was going to ask you: is obviously a lot was made before the game, Pivak versus Rennie, uh, you know, supposedly the two front runners for the Wales job, and. A pretty impressive audition from Pivac. Do you think that will hold will hold a big uh, a big sway uh, when it, when they do come to making those decisions? You know, do you think that will act as an audition? I think the decision will, has pretty much been made personally, um, but it, it won't harm, will it? Um, it won't harm it at all. I mean, my money is on is on is, is with Pivac really. Mm. Are you in the same camp? Well, you know, I said this with Yestin last week or whenever it was that I think perhaps his CV isn't as isn't necessarily as rich as Rennie's, and I think perhaps the you know the experience of of coaching in a few different places um, could be something that holds him in holds him in good stead. But it's it's hard to it is really really hard to argue with what Pivak's done, and you just see the the exciting brand of rugby. I think the WRU will want to appoint someone who plays a more a more expansive brand of rugby you know i think we've we've developed so much under gatland and edwards that that mental toughness and that ability to to compete at the highest level i think now you know they're going to want to excite the fans and have that have that real flair that we all that we all really want so if i'm honest you know i i think it it's starting to look as though it's it's his job yeah it'd be hard to move it up to 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 not pick him wouldn't it when you look at the amount of Welsh players that he's already coaching. Yeah. Um, and then you come on to the coaching setup as well that's there. 
I certainly would have no arguments uh, if if it was to be if they were to announce you know this week that that Pivac had got the gig. I would have no you know I I would say it's hard to it's hard to argue with. Like I say, my only concern is is when you look at you know you look back ten years and Gareth Jenkins got that job. He'd done such a fantastic job at Flanelli, and then you know as they became the Scarlets, I think you know it was it was such an impressive CV for what he'd achieved there. But then it didn't translate into international because I, you know, I think in part because all of his coaching had been at had been at one club slash one region, and um, I don't know, maybe that's that's the thing. I look at Rennie and go, well, he's you know he's got yeah. he's got Wellington as a provincial side, then Hurricanes. He did a stint at um, New Zealand under twenties, and then Chiefs, you know, playing at the highest level before coming to Europe and doing it with Glasgow. So I don't know. It's you know, it could I, well be yeah, that he is he is. You know, he is actually, a, you know, David Rennie is actually a better coach. It could, that could, that could well be the case, couldn't it? And, and they're, um, but they're, you know, they're, just... they're both terrific. Um, they're both terrific coaches. And you know, the the only thing I think they mentioned this on Scrum Five is it would be a shame to watch. Uh, you know, it'd be a real big shame for the Scars because you would fancy Steve Jones to go with him, and you know, then potentially you're looking at you're looking at Byron Hayward joining him as well. So it's you know, it'd be a real shame for um, for Scarlets and what they what they've achieved, but. You know, if he wants to, to coach at the highest level, it's going to be a very hard gig to turn yeah. down if indeed he does get it. Well, that would be super interesting, wouldn't it? Who, who, if Pivak does get it, who he, who he lines up with, mm. because it does certainly appear that the, the Scarlets, when you look at, so if we look at, Gar, you know, you mentioned Gareth Jenkins, the, mm. the, jo, the turnaround that Pivak and the rest of the coaches have, have done at the Scarlets is, is, you know, it's quite something, isn't it? And they play they play some really clever clever plays, don't they? So it's not all it's not all off the cuff stuff. A lot of it is you know, is pre planned, is yeah. determined and they're well drilled. Um and that's where you can see the coaching side of him. But equally we don't know how much of that is him and how much of it is you know, is Cunningham, is 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 well the defence is slightly different, isn't it? But mm. it all plays in Hayward and Stephen Jones. So, you know, you take out, you know, you take out the three of those and just leave Pivac on his own. You know, how effective, how effective would he be just to be on the counter? We don't know, do we? No, and um, presumably he'd want to bring in his own men with him. And, you know, if that is the case, I think you'd be hard pressed to look past, I think particularly Stephen Jones, given how important the, the attack mentality is and yeah. of course well, the experience that Stephen Jones has got in that dressing room as a player as a, as a former captain of Wales you know he he knows what it's all about and I think there's a huge amount of what's the word I think there's a huge amount of, of goodwill towards Steve-O and people want to see him do well and you know that kind of all that, that would buy you a, a well, Welsh amount. coach yeah yeah I think so so um I'm with Hayward as well yeah I'm with Hayward so yeah I mean that'll be interesting but before we get bogged down in any of that, and of course we've got plenty of Wales chat over the summer, we have got this massive great final, and the Scarlets find themselves there again. I suppose the the more difficult point is the fact that they're up against probably well, you know, the best team in Europe, which yeah, you know, they are, be, they? yeah, I think they are, and it's going to be hugely difficult. But do you think that Scarlets can turn around uh, and avenge their defeat from uh, from last month? I do think the Scarlets can, can, yeah. It's going to be very tough. Smart money is going to be on, on Leinster, isn't it? But they'll be hurting from 
from the way and the manner in which the Scarlets lost. Um, it's 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 an, an it's not an easy watch back, is it, of that game because the, the Scarlets were just completely blown apart yeah. in every single facet there. So, yeah, I'm expecting a big performance from the Scarlets, and I reckon they can they can do it. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's, it's a shame really we're not going. One. Yeah, it is a shame, and uh, I, you know I think it that really does live in the it does live in the memory, doesn't it? That because I suppose it's only it was only a month ago, but it was such a convincing clinical win from Leinster, and they really did blow away the Scarlets. That you know you're looking for the reasons that they, that they can kind of turn it around. So I don't I think this is going to be very very tough again. Um, so without wishing to downplay the Scarlet's chances, I think first of all you've just got to look at what an achievement it is to get to back-to-back finals. I mean that's that's absolutely incredible uh, when you look at a a league that does have. No, I mean I know we've been critical of the Pro 14 for its how competitive it is or it isn't, but any league with Leinster, Munster, um, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Ulster, these kind of these kind of teams in there alongside you know the the other Welsh regions. To get to, to to get to two finals and to do it by winning away uh, in semi-finals in consecutive years is an absolute massive achievement. I just especially want... when you look at where the you know the number of uh, Pro 14 sides that have done very well in the Champions Cup. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I, I just wonder though whether that squad depth that Leinster have is going to be the difference here. And you know they're, they're able to they're able to bring back in Sexton. We think he's going to be you know looks very much like he's going to be fit for the game. And you know when you're able to, when you're able to do that, you think actually, <laughs> you know, I just think that that is the that is the difference that throughout the course of the season they're able to to fight a war on two fronts. Whereas the Scarlets have done incredibly well to assemble a squad that has enabled them to to get this far, to get to a European Cup semi-final and to get to a Pro 14 final again. But it's it feels like a very difficult. Um, it does feel like a very difficult task. It isn't. It isn't going to be easy, is it? I mean, yeah, the, the, there's a big handicap, isn't there? And that squad, that's the squad that they've got. When you just look through each each of the names, is so impressive. But uh, there's such a good, there's such a good group of group of boys, aren't they, down at the Scarlets, and so well coached. I just can't see the same thing happening again. Um, I think it'd be tight, but uh, I'm going to back. I'm going to back the Scarlets, but. It isn't going to be easy. No, it's it not. I mean, the other thing that we mentioned, and you know, I think the the thing that frustrated us a bit when we were sat in the ground, um, you know, no doubt that Leinster were the best side on that occasion. But at the breakdown, the refereeing certainly helped. Certainly helped that. There was going to be a different a different referee, obviously on on Saturday, and it's uh, it's likely to be. Um, I believe it's Stuart Berry, the South African referee, who's going to take charge. Do you think that's going to have a that's going to have an effect? Is that going to is that you know a reason to be cheerful for the Scarlets? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it, it it couldn't have got any worse, really, could it? For the you know for the Scarlets, I was thinking maybe you know because we were in the when we were in, you know we were in the stand when we were fair, we were openly critical of the referee mm. um, I thought maybe afterwards in hindsight uh, you know were we a little bit too harsh but I don't think I don't think uh, we were like I stand I stand by that I think it just exacerbated it exacerbated the, the difference between between the two sides and you know when Leinster are, are refereed in that way they will 
they will run riot. They just, when they get front football, they'll smash through sides. Yeah, but it's like New Zealand, isn't it? When 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 New Zealand are reft and reft reft hard, mm. they are. You know, you do you do then have a chance against them. And for years and years and years, we've seen them not reft. You know, the breakdowns just completely left left alone. And they'll have a field day in that in, if, if that's the case, if that's the way. And, and um, it, it wasn't quite. It wasn't quite uh, as one-sided as that, but it wasn't far off for me. So yeah, I think I think the ref that, that will have a big a big impact there. Obviously, Barkley being out. Yes, that's, um, a, that's a big a, blow. The the balance of the of the side is is will be a little bit wonky. It will be affect you know it will be affected. He would have been key to that that uh, that performance, I think, because of with it being his final his final game as well. There's just so much on it. Well, and he's just you know he's a, he's an absolute leader as well, but. Who do yeah. you who would you go for in that number eight berth, Dan? Would you be going for moving Tyburn there, or would you be looking to accommodate a, a Will Boyd into that back line, into that back row? Sorry. Yeah, I'd I'd probably go with 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 Boyd actually, okay. um, and keeping you know keeping Burn in that in that second row. I just and not disrupting that because you know I think the Scarlets you know potentially a little bit uh, a little bit light. Um, when you move when you move him around, he's obviously such a good player, isn't he? That the the probably easier call is to is to move him into eight. Yeah. Um, but I would just like to see him kept there in the boiler house and have uh, and give Boyd and just literally you know really wind him up, uh, sort of prep him hard, just saying you know this is this is a it's a big big you know, it's a big big chance for you. I think it and is, isn't it? It's a big opportunity yeah. to for a player they obviously have a lot of faith in. I think. Um, to go, look, you know, you're not coming off the the bench to to play the final twenty here. We want you out there from the start. Yeah, we're, this we're, is your we're backing you. We're backing you. You're good enough. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're backing you. Obviously, if something doesn't doesn't quite go, you know, if it doesn't quite go, uh, you know, as well as it could do, then a shift then a shift can be made, and we know that, you know, the, the you know the, the two the two second row option boys will will give will give their all. But that's what I would like to see. Um, to switch it on to you, then what would you do if you were uh, if you were Pivac and Co? Do you know? What? I think it's a fifty-fifty call to be honest, because I, I do think Tyburn's best position is in the boiler house. I think he carries so well and he wins you. You know, having a, a second row who can turn over, who's turned over more than any player in the league, is invaluable. So I actually think you know the, the chance of trying to slow some ball down, having a you know Boyd's very good over the ball himself. You add that in with um, with Cubby with. Shingler's hard graft, and with and with what Ty Byrne can do, and I think that you know you're at least going to slow down a lot of the ball. So I probably would go for that. But likewise, I think if you were to bring Lewis Rawlins into the lineup, as we've mentioned before, you know I don't think Johnny Sexton will uh, will enjoy seeing him uh, come yeah. come charging down the channel and, and, and putting in those whacking great hits that he that he managed to do last year. <laughs> we do, yeah. We need another another few of them early on, just to really shake him up. Uh, but to be fair to him, Sexton, you know, he, he's a ten that can take a hit, doesn't he? Oh, he is, yeah. And and you know, he he, he kind of plays into that, doesn't he? he? He invites he invites you on. So sometimes people get so preoccupied with with trying to smash him that he'll lure the ball, he'll that sorry, he'll lure the man in, slip that slip that ball, and you've and you've got space and you've got big carriers and pacey players through the gaps. So yeah, he doesn't just sh- he doesn't he doesn't just uh, just shovel shit then, as they say. No, as he, he doesn't. Uh, he he when he's supposed to. Um, Prediction then, Dan. Scarlets by three. Mm. Okay. Tight. 
Yeah, no, I, I think if the Scarlets are going to win, it will, it will be very tight indeed. Um, I think you going with the Scarlets win? No, I think it might be a game oh, too far, on. to be honest. I just think Leinster are that good. But I'm coming. I'm going to go Leinster by 10. You're living actually. up to the Twitter name then, as for Jed underscore Melancholy. Melancholy, that's the one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's just going to be too difficult, especially on bloody Irish turf again. Um, yeah, you know, I know this isn't a home final. I know that, that that Dublin always bid for it and Cardiff never bid for it. But um, I, do, I do find it a bit frustrating that it's being played in what is essentially a home ground for. Um, for Leinster, so it's a bit, you know, it is a bit frustrating, um, but I think that will have a massive, that will have a massive effect, and you know they know those surroundings so well, they know it'll be rocking when they get in there. So I would love to see an upset, but I do think that Leinster are just uh, are just too strong, too good. Yeah, well, yeah, you could you could well be right, and you're you're probably being a lot more sensible with uh, with what you're saying there. But I'm going to uh, I'm going to stay where I am. I'm afraid Mrs. Jed had all the had all the romance in me over the last week or so, mate. It's uh, it's it's back, to, it's back to practicalities now. Um, a, word, a word then about the Ospreys as well. So they miss out on the top tier of Europe, having lost the playoff last uh, last Sunday. So a quick word on that one before we uh, before we head off. I was going to get your thoughts on this because actually part of me thinks that this could be a blessing in disguise for the Ospreys and it will allow them to, to refocus and rebuild with a new set of players, a new coach and in a way kind of almost give them you know in the way that it's done it's done the blues the power of good actually concentrating on that tournament and in the end going far and winning it i wonder whether it might be a bit of a blessing in disguise or am i just uh, am i chatting nonsense and you should always want to be in the, the top tier yeah I, I, I didn't really i didn't really consider it in that way or, or give it much thought on that but um i i i'm disappointed i think it's a real a real blow um Probably because the, they've always been there, haven't they? Mm. Um, right, right at the very top. But they're not the side. They're not the side they were. Um, I think a lot of the players, or a number of the players, then that are, that are, that are there, uh, or a number of them possibly exiting as well. You know, haven't quite been up to the mark. Um, and so, what you're saying there may be, you know, may be true. But then there's. I think it's quite exciting for the for the Ospreys now with the you know some of the signings that are coming in, and um, I just it just it's not going to feel quite right without having the uh, the Ospreys at that 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 top tier. No. Yeah, I was I was a bit sad at the end of the game to be honest. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean, and um, and that is it. I, I thought it was actually quite refreshing to hear Alan Clark at the end of the game saying that they simply weren't good enough and they let the fans down. I thought, you know, for a guy who's just taken over, I think that was quite a, a positive message to be sending out in the wake of a, of a disappointing performance. It was, it was so disappointing though, wasn't it? I, I you know, I expected the, uh, the Ospreys to play a different game to the game they played. Um, I, I, I don't know what they were doing. Um, it was really, really odd. Um, obviously things, you know, it's been a really odd season, isn't it? things haven't been right we probably don't know the full story well we don't um, but I think all those players will be will be delighted um, when the season's over yeah. and they'll just be able to you know get their heads straight and, and, and rebuild and, and, and go again um, no, I, I think you're right and um, yeah as we look ahead now to very quickly you know obviously we're going to be concentrating on the on the Wales tour um, which gets underway next uh, a week on a week on Saturday with a, a fixture in Washington DC against 
South Africa. Wanted to get your take finally, Dan, on the, uh, well, I guess the, the withdrawals that we've had from the squad this week uh, due to um, players not being released by their by their Premiership clubs. So in particular, this we're looking at Luke Charteris, Thomas Francis and Josh Adams. Was there any point in Gatlin testing this or was he to, were they trying to make a, a real point here and say, look, this is why you need to come back and play in Wales? Yeah, that's exactly what he was doing, I think. Um, it was, he knew that he knew there was no way the boys were going to get released, but it's, it's you know, media can get behind it, can't they, and say that it's a big case for you've got to play in Wales. Um, and there's a bit of PR, a lot of PR has come off the back of that. Um, that's my take on it. It's it's you know I uh, it's a bit I would have liked to have seen those boys playing them, mm. um, particularly you know sort of charterist in there and you know seeing uh, seeing his uh, how he how he would have influenced a lot of the youngsters. Um, I've always been a, a big favourite of uh, of his, and then and equally um, you know Josh Adams when you look at his. You look at his record this year, it's really impressive, isn't it? It would have been good to see him in the Welsh shirt again. Yeah, it would. And I think he's the one I particularly feel for. Um, you know, because Francis will be in the mix again come the autumn. Uh, Charteris, you know, maybe is maybe that was his last chance, actually. Um, but then, you know, you, uh, there's a lot of rugby to be played between now and the World Cup. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Luke Charteris, age 47... Uh, does get a, does get another call up to the to the Wales squad just because we know what he's capable of doing. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know that he, he can perform at that top level, can't he? And he's uh, he's just been so important to us, isn't he, over the over the years? Um, but it's gonna it, it'll impact him because you know he would have. I, I, you could you can imagine him going really well over there, can't you? Yeah, um, you can, but I have to say, you know, I think now is the time to be having a look at some younger locks. You know, I think Corey Hill is out there. You know, I know he's not got that many caps to his name, but he's he has got a lot of experience and he's clearly a leader. Um, yeah, but you know, it's like that that whole you know sort of Simon Shaw, isn't it? When he went over with yes. the Lions and he was, yeah. you know, he was age fifty and he was just just phenomenal on and off the field, um, especially in that World Cup. You need. You need people that don't you that you can turn to, I think, and know what they're going to do, and yeah, just no, the experience I... and and nous. And I think that he would have been one of those players that he's got that in a he's got that in abundance. And I'm I'm I've been such a big fan of Charteris. You know, I think there have been times where he and he's been, massive. There are times where yeah, he <laughs> so, is. Uh, I know. Yeah, he's a, presumably he's quite high on Dab's list given his sheer. Uh, his, he's bigger his than sheer, you. He is. He's well, he's massive, isn't he? He's six foot ten. Um, <laughs> Six foot ten, and God knows how many stone. Um, but I think you know you will be able to turn to Charteris. I kind of think this summer is the time to see how how Seb Davis goes or how uh, Adam Beard go, and let's let's have a look at those and and see, give them some some uh, some experience in a in a Wales jersey. Yeah, but I just like to see you know them them uh, you know either one of those two say next to him. Mm. You know you throw them both in. Yeah, but look, Corey Corey's going to be in, Corey's going to be starting. First choice, second row on this tour, I think. You know, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be co-captain just to just to carry the water bottles. Um, you know, he is going to be he's going to be starting, and there's a there's a berth for someone to play next to him. So, I don't know. I think we're going to learn more. Uh, I think we're going to learn more by having um, by having Seb or or Beard or whoever it is play next to play next to Corey Hill. But we don't have too long to wait until we uh, until we get to see that. What do you think about? Um... 
Owen Lane surely would have uh, would would have expected a, a call up, don't you think? Yeah, I, I personally he would have been in my squad anyway. I would have had him in there to to start with. Um, oh, you must you must be delighted that uh, Hewitt is. Uh... Yeah, I am. I, you know, I think. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, pleased with that because I think he's had he's had times where he's been close and has missed out, and he's had a lot of injuries and concussion worries last season. So you know, to to kind of come out the other side and get a call up, I, I'm you know I am delighted for him. But look, this is this is going to be a this is going to be a tough old tour. This isn't a this isn't a walk in the park. The any of these three tests. So um, yeah. no, and this I, will be as well. This will be for a number of these players if they don't perform, that they they that'll be it. They won't they won't be considered for the World Cup. I I, I think you know Gatland is that uh, Gatland and, and the coaches are that brutal that it will be. <clears throat> You, you really got to perform, otherwise you'd have you know a couple of chances, and that is it. Yeah, I think you might. I think you might well be right on there, and um, yeah, you know. That, but that's what Test rugby is about. You know, you've, you've yeah. got to be able to prove it at the at the highest level. I, I mean, this just another another quick shout out for a player you know I'm a big fan of, but Aaron Wainwright. I think that shows how, um, how yeah. highly regarded he is, not only at the Dragons, but you know he's he's a guy who prior to Christmas hadn't played any hadn't played any regional rugby and. He's come in and he's excelled during a, a bloody awful season for the Dragons. You know, I think he's shown that he's he's a tough, tough guy. And you know, having played, um, you know, he's, he's a relatively late convert to to rugby as well. You know, he's playing he's playing a lot of football, and um, you know, to get a shot at the Dragons and now get a, get a shot at Wales. You know, I really hope he goes well because he's he's a big he's a big big talent. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased for him, and it'll be. Yeah, it'd be good to see him out there, won't it? And you know, encouraging that we're, you know, we're in this we're in this good position, aren't we? That there's lots of there's lots of lots of great talent out there in Wales. I think we've got the most the most strength in depth we've had for well since I can well a long long time anyway. I can't remember this much strength in depth. I think you're right, and hopefully it'll uh, it'll manifest itself on the pitch. Otherwise, it could be a, it could be a tough couple of games. But Let's look on the let's look on the bright side and hope that these uh, some of these youngsters do get a, a good chance and uh, and we're able to to see them kick on and become a part of the squad on a regular basis. Um, but anyway, that brings us to a, a conclusion for for a slightly ad hoc uh, attacking scrum this week. Uh, as we say, um, we've got plenty more to discuss over the next few weeks. So obviously, um, we'll be discussing the fallout of the of the Pro 14 final this weekend. Um, I'm going to release that release that podcast on Tuesday so after the bank holiday weekend and then we'll be back to doing our uh, be doing our Monday podcast till the um, till the end of the Wales tour when we'll be taking our well-earned summer break but um, we've got some really good specials lined up as well so I won't say too much but if you enjoyed the last batch with uh, with Phil Steele and Di Bishop and um, and uh, Kai Griffiths and uh, all of those great interviews that we did we're lining up some more over the summer so we're going to have some really interesting people for you to chat to and uh, yeah big thanks again for listening big thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades and thanks to you Dan Kellick for joining us again Cheers Jed Podcast Network.